Hey, Startup Nation. Imagine a job where you can work wherever you want, on whatever you want, from wherever you want. Hello to white sand beaches of Thailand or the comfort of your own couch. Oh, and most importantly, you're your own boss. Now, what if I told you that the dream job could become your reality? This is the life of a freelancer, and with some hard work and with the help of Hectic, it can be your life too. Hectic is an all-in-one business management software built specifically for freelancers who are just getting started or looking to take their freelance business to the next level. Hectic is everything a freelancer needs to get started, from an easy-to-use contracts and proposal builder to client management and project tracking to expenses and invoicing that features click-to-play technology that makes it quick and easy for freelancers to get paid. And we all want to get paid, Startup Nation. Built specifically for freelancers, Hectic is everything you need to get started. Visit gethecticapp.com forward slash the startup life now to learn more and start for free. Yep, adding your first client on the platform will always be free. And if you sign up through gethecticapp.com forward slash the startup life, You'll be supporting me and this podcast because who couldn't use a little support these days, Startup Nation? Visit GetHecticApp.com forward slash The Startup Life to find everything you need to start or grow your freelancing business today and put those in-demand skills to good use in the way you've always dreamed of. The link is there in the show notes. It's time to be about that life. The Startup Life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. You know, Startup Nation, you know, we are all looking to get better. Professional development is definitely the name of the game, especially with an economy economy that's kind of stalled out right now, right? So, you know, you get to kind of build those chops, sharpen that saw, so that way when we come out of the new normal, or maybe this is just the way it's going to be, uh, you can be you know, sharp and ready to go as things start to pick up, And which is why we have an amazing uh, guest today. He is Adrian Kaler. He's an entrepreneur and executive coach. What's up, boss? Hey, Dominic, great to be here. And hello, Startup Nation. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your time, man. I really appreciate it. Let's turn to get right into it. So usually I've been asking people, you know, what they learn from you know, 2020 and stuff like that, you know, one you know, year for the record books. But I'm curious, as an executive coach, what were some of the things maybe you learned, not necessarily learned just in general, but maybe learned from some of your clients from time to time this past year? Well, great question. And um, again, grateful to be on here just because I always learn so much from these types of conversations. Sure. Uh, you know, everything, everything learning environment, if you got ears for it and eyes for it. So, Absolutely. I mean, it was interesting, you know. I, I I sometimes forget that my clientele are all over the board as far as industry, uh, vertical, and life cycle. So um, of companies, you know, I, I I see things. You know, I I don't look at the big picture like you know the collection of of clients very often. Right. So I was just I, I don't notice it like that. So my, my point being that in COVID. You know, all of those distinctions really started showing up about where companies were in their own life cycle, where what industries were affected by such a pandemic, um, and then how how different types of leaders responded to chaos and crisis. Right. Um, and uh, so I had some, you know, some of my of my clients really thrived. They just happened to they happened to be in industries like health and wellness, 
for example, um, and they boomed. Right. And they felt guilty about that. Mm. Uh, the, the world was falling and they were thriving. Right. Um, and, and they wanted to handle it. You know, it's just, it, it was an interesting simultaneous. This is one of the learnings to get to your question. Like, how do you um, handle this, the, because in a chaos, especially in a moment of chaos like this, multiple people, multiple, I guess I should say it this way, paradoxes occur more quickly and mm, clearly right. in chaos than in regular life. You just don't notice them. So, for example, the company that I work with, one of, one of our clients called Smarty Pants Vitamins. Right. Yeah, we, I've been working with the, the husband-wife combo, co-founder co-CEO pair for about 18 months. We've worked with their top 11, now 14 actually, executives um, training and such. And they thrived. And as a company, they thrived. They just exploded mm-hmm. because everybody wants to you know, boost up their vitamin world. And, but at the same time, you know, individuals inside the company are having such a different experience all over the board because of where they are in life and where they are maybe socioeconomically and where they are environmentally and family and if family's sick, if family's well, do they have kids? Do they not have kids? Are they, is everybody safe? Is everybody not safe? Right. You know, and everybody's staying at home and how, you know, never before has work-life balance been disrupted. Mm. And when we used to, Really, people used to complain about not being home enough. Now they complain about not being at work enough. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> it's just like, you know, like, oh, man, when will I escape my, my four-year-old? I want to get back to work so I can actually think. So, um, you know, so part, part of that is that paradox of, you know, the company might be doing well, but the people aren't doing well. Right. And they are obviously the source of the resource for the company doing well. So paying attention to really the distinct dynamic of being present with the person in front of you, even when, you know, you're in a, you're in a fire drill mm. because people will fall apart for sure. Um, if, if you don't, if, you know, if you don't like really see them in the midst of the moment that you're in and as a, as an ambitious leader, which all, all our clients are very hyper ambitious, they're very goal oriented. So those that really are people first type leaders thrives during this environment. Those that are, you know, goal first type leaders, um, you know, really even had a harder time in this environment because all because they are they're used to like not even noticing circumstances and just pushing towards a goal, which I think in most in most environments is a great uh, great characteristic. But right. in the middle of this, other people are going to be all over the board in the, right. of the pandemic in 2020. So having more space for people and really being willing to have a simple conversation about how people are doing and getting them back, getting them back to the, onto the playing field, um, was challenging for some leaders. Um, so I definitely saw that about, you know, how, how people see, right. how they orient themselves towards, towards chaos or towards people during chaos. Gotcha. Um, I got to see that, that upfront. I mean, a lot of people finally, a lot of people finally made some uh, personnel moves that they've mm-hmm. been sitting on for a long time. Right. Um, and whether that was good or bad, I mean, I think, it, I think a general personnel moves are a good idea because otherwise you're just tolerating something not working and it's not working for anybody in the system. So, right. um, you know, they were finally willing to like start to have the conversations and make some moves, which I always support and help them think through and then help them communicate and help the transitions happen. So, I mean, in a moment of transition, it's good to, it's good to move. I mean, people are looking for stability, but honesty 
in, in this day and age, especially in the, the world of fake everything, right. uh, honesty is the new, is the new stability because we can't control the pandemic, but we can control how honest we are with our people. Honesty is the new stability startup nation. I definitely uh, appreciate you saying that, but we're seeing a lot of that for sure. I want to go back to something yep. you said though, which I, you know, just, I found interesting because we, we have executive coaches uh, that we've had on the show in the past and stuff like that. And they talk about, you know, how they got clients through the pandemic, you know, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, maybe they was getting ready to go out of business. Maybe they went out of business and we try to return back. Uh, but very rarely we hear about kind of like you kind of uh, described it. It's kind of like a, a survivor's guilt, if you will, where they're flourishing and maybe their other, uh, maybe some of their, um, employees are not doing so well. Maybe their other entrepreneurial friends are not doing so well, but you're thriving. So I I'm, I appreciate you sharing that because I don't think that part of the story gets told enough because that's a thing as well. Yeah. For- yeah. It's hard. You know, that, that company we just talked about, they just sold, um, they just sold the Unilever. Right. It's public for like more than a half a billion dollars. Right. Right. So, so what do you do? Right. What do you do when the world's crumbling and you're having, you know, the, the moment you've been striving for for the last 10 years. Right. Well, you thank people deeply. You, you know, lock in and don't, don't out of guilt self betray. Mm. And then you decide, and then you decide to be as generous as, as a human being and strategic as a human being as possible, which is exactly what, you know, Gordon and Courtney have done. Right. Is they appreciate, I mean, and they help people transition and the Unilever. And, and, and the company's still intact, and we were just talking. But you know, you just take care of people. You go deep, and you do everything everything you can do. I hear that. Um, and that uh, kind of goes back know, to what you were saying world. about being honest and genuine and stuff like that. For sure. I'm sorry. I just want yeah. to throw that in there. But no, I appreciate that. No, what's good? What's the old? You know, it's, it's the it gets tagged up to Nelson Mandela. I think it's Marianne Williamson talking about like the world doesn't need us to play small. Mm. So we need to be thoughtful and you know, empathetic and loving and understanding that some people are really struggling, but the people that are struggling don't feel better uh, if we start to play small and just start to, you know, a- actually act like other things aren't working. They need everybody. People need to be noticed and cared for and advocated for. Um, but we don't need to like lose. So we don't make people that are having a hard time uh, feel better because it, it won't work anyway. Right. For sure. For sure. So, Thank you. No, you know, advocate more. I say, yeah, I get you. No, I appreciate that. Advocate more for sure. I appreciate that. And Startup Nation, some of those clients uh, that, you know, are in uh, uh, Adrian's uh, arsenal, there is a Nike, Virgin, Hyperloop One, Herschel Supply Company, Oprah Winfrey Network and more. And if you want to check out, you know, some of uh, what uh, Adrian has going on, make sure you check out TakeNewGround.com. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access. If you listen to the replay on the podcast, if you're looking for that executive coaching, make sure you check out uh, that website. Adrian, I want to ask you this, man, because, you know, w- you know, when we talk about uh, you know, uh, COVID-19, the pandemic and economic crisis and stuff like that, a lot of people have said, you know, I've heard people talk about, you know, presidents this way that you you never let a, a good crisis go to waste. Right. It just seems like people tend to rise to the occasion. Right. You know, so yeah. we, we kind of talk about honesty and empathy uh, just now. But I, I want to ask you this, like when 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 crisis hit, whether it be a, a global pandemic or 
Maybe there's just a, a market downturn for your industry or something like that. And you have those hard conversations with your team to kind of boost morale, maintain morale. What does that what does that look like? What does that sound like? How do you coach up your clients to kind of navigate those waters, if you will? Yeah. I love that quote. I think it's Churchill. Uh, you yeah. Know, let a good right. crisis go to waste. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 um, I, I have a friend of mine, her name is Laura Wasserman. She runs a, she's a, a LA, Los Angeles based uh, divorce lawyer. And, mm-hmm. and when I met her, she, when COVID hit, she said, can you write an article for, article for the website? And I used that as the, I used that as the title of that article, which is, I think it was, don't waste this crisis. And right. The conversation was about, and with families, it's like, hey, if you've been waiting to talk about something, now is the time to talk about it. You're looking face to face. You know, it's, now's the time. Like, utilize this as an opportunity instead of, you know, uh, utilizing it as another way to hide, another way to avoid. So, but to your question, you know, what, to, how to approach a team that's scared, really, or in a moment in transition. So, right. Um, what they don't need is a blindly optimistic leader. Mm, right. That's what they don't need. They don't need merely a cheerleader because right. you're going to lose, you're going to lose credibility. What the, what they do need is for you to understand that for what they do need is for you to like communicate to them in a way that they feel like you get them, you get their concerns and you right. might not actually get their concerns. you got to go learn what they are. So, um, before you're going to stand up on a chair or make some kind of royal declaration for some leader, you better go get connected to your people and find out what people are really concerned about right? and what's going on for them and how hard things are for them. So you can actually speak to it. And, you, and I would speak right to it. Like this is a, um, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I can cuss on here, but the, Go you know, for it, I man. Just, this is a shit. This, this I just say like, hey guys, this is a total shit show. Right. It is worse than we thought it was going to be. Right. You know, I am all over the place. Right. You know, I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning, I'm out of my routines and I don't feel good in the morning. And I got to. It takes twice as much energy to pull myself back to my desk mm. and get locked in. What about you? Right. Now, that's your label. You're helping to label the concerns on the other side. Right. When you're talking, you want to label the concerns that people aren't saying, because when you label them, when you say it, they get it and say, oh, that's that is that's what I'm going through. And this person that I look up to, they're going through the same thing. That's like first step is this is this we're in the same boat communication Mm -hmm. where a leader doesn't stop. But a leader doesn't stop there. A leader says, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing to lead myself. And if we're not in a how do we lead ourselves? as an individual because every everybody's got a boss um, right and it's it's themselves like i'm my own boss i mean i i happen to be in my company but i mean like as as a performer as a player on the field in life or whatever like i'm my own coach i am my own boss and i'm my own employee like i gotta run myself like leadership starts with me so helping people um own that that hey this is going to hit you whatever crisis it's going to hit you a lot of ways and Here's what we got to do to help us help us really manage and lead ourselves through this transition. Because a leader can't save anybody. A leader can invite somebody to really save themselves. They can lead the way. They can show. They can promote. They can model. But they can't carry somebody. Mm. Now it might feel like they're being they're carrying somebody, but you really authentically can't. Somebody's got to want to make it. Right. 
Right. You know, it's funny you mention that. And one of the things Startup Nation knows about me about, you know, I love sports metaphors because I, I yeah. think a lot of times people like the like the hero aspect of it. Right. Like this yeah. guy got us out of this, whatever. But it really wasn't just that person. Now, I would you know probably add to that and say that, you know, it, it seems like those leaders make it seems like they did, but you really, he just encouraged you to do more. So uh, no, I, I, I yeah. really appreciate that, you know, because like I said, we, we kind of fall into this fantasy that like, you know, this person got us out. It was really a team effort, but something you said earlier that I, I thought was really important about the, uh, there's the blindless cheerleader aspect of it. Cause I imagine not only yeah. is that not good, that could be dangerous. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. But, Oh, I think it, well, it is. It is dangerous. It's, it's not only not helpful; it's really right. dangerous because it's false hope. Right? Because emotions won't. Emotions aren't going to do the trick. And like vision without application won't do the trick. Right. And like not. It's kind of like saying, "Hey, Dominic, next week why don't we go climb Everest?" Mm-hmm. And without, and that's a naive statement. Sounds great. Would be thrilling, but we'll die out there. Right. <laughs> exactly. I know I will because <laughs> I won't prepared. know the first thing. Right. <laughs> well, we're not prepared. Man. Right. We're exactly. Prepared and, you know, and a leader's, a leader's got to sell somebody on the struggle. Hey, well, tell them on the struggle. What I mean by that is there is something worth fighting for. Right. Because, right? hey, we're about to step into a fight. We're in a whole new reality. None of us know what we're doing. Um, here's what I'm committed to despite everything that's happening. Here's my value structure. Here are my priorities. Here I stand. I'm not effing around. Here I am. Right. Not apologetic. Here I am. See me, right? That's what a leader does. Takes a stand for something. And by the way, if you're going to follow me and if we're going to make it through it, here's what's going to be required of you. This is not the walk in the park. This is harder than ever. Right. And I need you. Here's And, and here's what the walk's going to look like. Right. So it's that type of, you know, summoning, that's the word I like to think about, like summoning people to the surface. And we don't need one hero. Everybody must act heroically, like to overcome things they've not ever had to overcome before, whether those battles are internally for them or externally for them. Like I really call to the surface. Everybody, I think, I mean, I think this is the way the world's crafted is that everybody's got this hero ethic baked into them. We all want to overcome something. Even right. if for the, all the cynics and all the victim-y type people out there, which there are plenty, which I can play that part as well at times, but at the human core, in the soul of the human, is somebody that wants to make it. They want to live. You right. know? So a leader's job is to call that to the surface. Not to be, the, to your point, the hero, the knight in shining armor right. or whatever. Those are, those are egomaniacs. And trust me, I've tried that plenty of times. <laughs> right. Um, and not the martyr either. A lot mm, of people say right, the martyr, right. like, hey, I'm yeah. going to die for you. I'm right. going to die for you. No, let's all live. Right. <laughs> for sure. Let, let's, all, let's, all, let's all make it out. You know, I've got a couple of young kids, and plenty of times, you know, things will be very chaotic in my house. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'm an old quarterback from back in the day, so I'll call a huddle. So we'll mm-hmm. all get down on one knee in the kitchen when everybody's going crazy and I'll say, you know, scout my boy, say scout what's going on. I see you're going crazy. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Okay. I hear you. Charlie's my little one. Charlie, what's going on for you? Okay. 
great, here's what's going on for me, and I'll call the play. Well, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. All right, ready? And we'll actually do a break and all that stuff. It's kind of fun and, and semantics. But that's really what's needed in the moment of crisis. The leader's got to call a timeout and calibrate the team. Right, right. I appreciate You don't let people scatter. Absolutely. You don't let people scatter, right? You call, you call them together to the campfire, if you will. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I want to transition here a little bit because we're hearing this phrase, this term, whatever you want to call it, new normal, right? You know, how to survive in the new normal, right. how to engage in the new normal, stuff like that. Is is it really a new normal? Because new normal seems to suggest that, like, this is the way it's going to be from now until whenever something else happens, right? Is it a new normal? Is it kind of more of a temporary normal? What's your take on that? And because you look, you have a lot of people who are, are you know, about afraid about job prospects and stuff like that. You know, kind of talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind, uh, Adrian. Sure. Well, I mean, from what I've heard and from, from social scientists, they talk about this hybrid. Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no, we're not going back to anything. Right. There's no, there's no going back. And this isn't the way it's going to be either. There's going to end up being some kind of hybrid model for life. And, right. Uh, and they, I think they're talking about that from, I mean, we're all going to be streaming everything from here on out. For of sure. course, that we were on our way there before. That's Amazon true. is, you know, Instacart's going to be kicking it from, from here on out. Right. You know, cause, there's a lot of new evolutions that were needed in the midst of the crisis that people are going to appreciate more than others. Mm. And then there's going to, you know, what crisis naturally does, it reveals people's priorities. So for people that are the cautious type, they are going to probably wear masks for the rest of their lives. Mm. Um, and then for those plenty, and most of my clients don't wear masks at all, you know, for the more of <laughs> risk, you know, riskier types. And some of them are somewhere in the middle. Right. Um, you know, but you know, I think, I think this moment of transition will really reveal the distinctions in culture. I hope it doesn't only reveal the, the pole, like the, you know, the, there's a polarized, uh, the culture, which part of what we've come out of and even politically and right. all the challenges we've had has, has revealed the edges of culture and really given power to the edges of culture. Right. Um, but now I think, I think, I, I don't, I don't think this is the new, uh, I believe this is not the new normal. I don't, I mean, I'm sure it's not. Um, uh, but you know, we're going to be in this evolutionary period and we'll see what's needed. We'll see what, you know, what ends up working, what ends up not working. Um, and people will probably become more tribal than ever. And I don't mean mm. that like a negative sense. Right, I mean right. that like we hang out with people that see the world similarly or relate to the pandemic similarly um, or relate to kind of this new hybrid, um, this new hybrid model we have for work similarly. You know, I think there's going to be huge opportunity. People are going to be, once we get to travel again, people are going to go live wherever in a hybrid model. If if we can work from, we can work from home, man, where do I want to live now? Right. You know, maybe home is in Bora Bora or whatever. That'd be fun. Um, it's so, funny. So people that go ahead. No, no, no. Really quick, it's funny you mention that because we recently spoke with um, a Vanderbilt professor who sent that same thing. Not only the the tribal part, but the whole 
uh, part about like now we're living in a world where we're starting to understand that, you know, maybe I don't have to live in the big population centers in the big, you know, in the yeah. big city. I, I can live maybe 20, 30 miles outside in a rural area and still have my Instacart, still have my Amazon packages, you know, I still get groceries and all that other stuff. So, no, it, it's funny you mention that because, like I said, uh, uh, somebody else, you know, a lot of people have that same thought about it. But I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you yeah. off there. No, not I'm with you. I've got a business partner. He's moving to Idaho, mm. um, and just getting some land out there on a river, and he'll he'll fly fish and then fly from Boise to wherever we're going to be. Right. If it, you know, whenever we're back in person doing trainings, which we right. have to do, um, you know, I mean, so then I mean, there's no. This is the new. This is the, this is the new moment. I don't know. If it's not the new normal. It's just the new moment. I hear me. that. I mean, I'm on with Nike tomorrow, and it's a, you know I'm going to do an online training, and I. You know, and I, I don't like online trainings. It doesn't give doesn't give the dynamic that right. I like. I like people in a room looking at each other, sharing the same air. Absolutely. With, you know, having a table in front of us and making eye contact. Well, that's not that's not available. So it's not. I mean, usually when people say it's the new normal, I don't think it's a hopeful stance. Mm. They kind of say it despairingly. It like, does oh, sound a bit crap. defeatist, a little bit, doesn't it? It is right. So. You know, it's the, it's the new opportunity. And am I willing to adapt? Am I willing to want what I've got? I ask myself that question all the time. Whenever I'm complaining about anything, am I willing to want what I've got? Because if I can want what I've got right here, then I can reinvent that into something else. But if I stay in this moment and I don't want what I've got, and I'm unwilling to accept and engage what I have, but sit here dreaming about something else, there's no chance. In that context, the vision is fantasy because Vision is only real when it's connected to reality. Because mm. then that. I can see the path between what I say I want and what I have now. But if I don't own what I have now, which is this moment of this, and I don't even call it normal, because who knows what normal is anyway. Facts. Um, <laughs> right? I mean, right. whatever. Would, I mean, I don't know. People t- speak about that so romantically. I don't know. My life just seems different every day. I hear that. Um, but I, you know, but I've got eyes to see. I, you know, I'm committed to like living. Right. And, seeing opportunities in front of me and learning stuff and meeting new people. So I'm allergic to the mundane. Um, so, you know, I never had like a normal, right. Um, now I had routines, but it wasn't normal. Exactly. I, mean, I just don't want that, man. There's an old, uh, kicker guard quote, men find a level of despair that's tolerable and call it happiness. Mm. And I've lived that before where it's just like, ah, shit, nothing's going to change. It's stuck. I'm stuck. This is who I am. This is who she is. This is who he is. This is who the company is. And it's not going to change. That's just called despair. And then find a level of despair that's tolerable and call it happiness. Like, ah, this is just, this is work. This is me. This is who I am. This is all I can do. And, you know, anyway, so I, I don't think this is the new normal. I think this is the moment we're in and people that Decide to accept where we are, not resist it, accept it. This is what's happening. Decide to engage it, make the most of it, and then engineer the road between what they have now and what they want and see the opportunity in it. They're going to actually thrive during this environment. I hear that. All right, Startup Nation, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. we got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life. Hey, 
Hey, Startup Nation. I think we can all agree that 2020 was more or less a dumpster fire, right? I mean, come on. On top of surviving a worldwide pandemic, good friends and family of mine lost their jobs, had their hours cut, or went out of business altogether. Yet many of these same people are talented creatives, web developers, photographers, graphic designers, SEO specialists, and writers with solid, marketable, in-demand skills. So I've turned them onto Hectic. Hectic is an all-in-one business management software built specifically for freelancers who are just getting started or looking to take their freelance business to the next level. Hectic is everything a freelancer needs to get started. From easy-to-use contracts and proposal builder to client management and project tracking to expenses and invoicing that features click-to-play technology that makes it quick and easy for freelancers to get paid. And we all want to get paid, Startup Nation. Built specifically for freelancers, Hectic is everything you need to get started. Visit gethecticapp.com forward slash the startup life now to learn more and start for free. Yep. Adding your first client on the platform will always be free. And if you sign up through gethecticapp.com forward slash the startup life, you'll be supporting me and this podcast because who couldn't use a little support these days, Startup Nation? Visit gethecticapp.com forward slash the startup life to find everything you need to start or grow your freelancing business today and put those in-demand skills to good use in the way you've always dreamed of. The link is there in the show notes. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. You know, you, you said two things. I want to ask about two different things you just said there. The first thing is you, you sure. talked about you prefer like, you know, the in-person training and stuff like that. The parent company for this show is an education consultant firm. And my wife is literally downstairs right now uh, doing her uh, online consulting because mm-hmm. uh, we do it with schools and stuff like that. Right. So she's actually doing a consulting day right cool. now downstairs uh, online. And she said the same thing you said, like she prefers that in-person one-on-one or not necessarily one-on-one, but like that in-person breathe the same air uh, type of, you know, uh, uh, engagement, uh, if you will. So that led me to this question, man, talk about your teaching style, you know, or your coaching style, if you will. And why does it resonate so well with your clients and stuff like that? Well, that's a fun question. Okay. Um, I don't think I've thought about that before. Let's okay. see. Gotcha. So why does it resonate? But your specific question, this is great. Why does my style resonate with my client? Right. Well, it's good to say, it's good to make that distinction because I don't resonate with everybody. Right. For sure. Um, and I gave up on that a long time ago. Um, I chose that the clients I was going to go after were very ambitious, frustrated people. Mm. Um, and that, uh, and people that are, uh, listening that can go to frustratedfounder.com, which is where I kind of articulated what's going on for my types of clients. They usually started something and it is something frustrating them. Right. So, um, so why do my clients like it? My clients like it because I, I don't kiss their ass. I uh-huh. don't need them. I tell, I tell them this in the first call is I, and I warn them. I just say, I, well, I say, okay, first off, just so you know where I'm coming from, I am committed to being a fierce advocate for you. So advocate meaning I'm going to get crystal clear on where you're headed and where you want to go. And I'm going to believe it's possible more than you. And I'm going to be, so I'm an advocate for you like that. I'm going to have all the conversations that I think need to happen, need to happen to get you there. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm fierce because I, I want you to like me because I'm a human, but I do not need you to like me. And I'm going to say things to you that no one else in the world will say to you. And if that doesn't work for you, then fine. We shouldn't work together. Right. But I'm going to say what's true for me. I'm going to say what I see. And they say, oh, great. I've been dying for that. Because mm. most leaders, especially the ones that are out on a limb, that are out starting something, they're scared to death. They don't act scared because they can't afford to act scared. Right. But they are scared. Right. Mm. They're vulnerable. They're out there. They've thrown their life at something and they know they're making it up. Of course they are. We right. don't know how to navigate new terrain. We have to figure it out on the way. And it comes off like it's scary and all their insecurities. People see them as the most confident people in the room because they act that way. Right. And beyond that, behind all that is a whole bunch of fears and normal, right? Just like gravity. You don't, if you're going to, you know, usually in the first couple, I'm like, you sound, you sound scared. And they'll say, yeah, well, is that okay? I'm like, yeah, well, you better be scared. I mean, anytime you're venturing, you're going to be scared. Right. So now how much do your fears matter? That's, that's, that's mm. how, to, how to listen, how to listen. I say honoring your fears. How do you honor your fears enough to find the concerns underneath them? Because fears are usually the, the blanket for a whole bunch of concerns that we ought to pay attention to because those are strategic usually. For sure. So my people like me because I, I tend to put language to their condition and they usually have to put on a good face in front of a crowd. For me, I'm no bullshit. Like, let's talk about it. I and that. I, I convince them that they are the ball game. If you're running at full speed and you are willing to see the whole board and you're willing to treat your people like treasure, then you can pull this off. You can win. I hear that. Um, but you're not that way all the time, right? You're also selfish. You're also scared. You're also dogmatic. You're also bullheaded. You're also blunt and you're avoidant and a person too, right? So, but you got to take yourself on like the most important project in the company is your own leadership and how you're showing up. So, so what's my teaching style? So, that's my mood. My mood is I'm, I'm here to help you get something done. And I believe in you more than anyone's ever believed in you. And I am also really damn blunt. Um, and I'm, my job is to call you out on bullshit. I hear that. So that's my mood and people love it or they hate it. If they hate it, I get it. I'm a shot of whiskey. I'm not a spritzer. Mm. So, um, and that's okay. And that's kind of who I am. That's how I love having conversations. And the deep end has always been my aim in life period. Even as a kid, I was way too intense for most people, which I ran away from and tried to be funny, but I'm just not that funny. <laughs> I'm not that funny, Dominic. So, um, that was pretty good though. Teaching style, <laughs> teaching, teaching style is I don't, I'm not a proclaimer. I'm not here to give advice. I'm actually here to help them discover mm. what they know they need to do, but haven't had the courage to own it. Mm. I heard that. I so heard that. I've got lots of ideas. I've coached people at the top levels for the last 10 years. I usually have pretty good ideas about what to do. But if I teach you that, then I'm giving you a fish. I and that. I'd rather you... I'd rather you, you know, deal with the, the much more complex internal condition of not knowing something and then have, having to ask for help or, Liam, you, know, ask, you know, talk to your team about something or experiment and potentially fail. That's better for you than me saying, hey, well, it's an easy, here's a one, two, three process, go do this. Um, I'd rather them grapple 
So my my work, my style is much more inquiry based. I so that. I hear that. Like, you know, if they if they've got a person that they need to fire. Mm, they've right. got a person they're not talking to me about. Usually there's something they're avoiding. I'm really paying attention to what my clients aren't saying. As much as I pay attention to what they do say. They, of course, want me to hear what they're saying. They prefer me not to notice what they're omitting from the conversation. But I notice all that, too. And I'll bring up what they're omitting. Right. And I'll say, I, you know, let's say you not talking about Tom is on purpose. Why don't you want to talk about him? And... Uh, usually there's something they're avoiding in the conversation and, and whatever their complaint is about Tom, for example, uh, you know, and I'll say, well, why do you like having a low performer around? I say, what? I don't, I don't like having this guy around, but I have to for blah, blah, blah. Right. And I say, well, I say you have exactly what you want at all times. I hear that. I hear that. Now that's a, that's a really risky idea is that I actually have everything I want. Um, cause if I own that, then, then I have to own my own inauthenticity. Cause I say, I, I say, I don't like that thing, but I keep it around. So I'm obviously lying to myself. I'm inauthentic. And I think we all do this on a daily basis. I know I do. I'm pretty inauthentic. And I don't even know I'm inauthentic. Like I don't know, I don't mean some stuff that I say, or I'm hiding, or I'm not saying something fully, you right. know, or I'm not right. dealing with something in my own personal life. Right? And we're all inauthentic. I'm not, I'm not romantic about my own integrity. Um, um, I, I mean, I'm committed to being to having integrity, and the only way to do that is to want to notice when I don't have it. Most people don't want to do that; they want to live in a romantic view of themselves. For sure. So anyway, challenging people to own everything in their lives is a, is a style, um, and I invite them to take ownership of every every result that's happening around them, which most of us, including me, don't want to do. Um, we'd rather coast. We'd rather deal with it later, quote unquote. Right. So my people like that because nobody else is, is treating them with that level of honor and respect. Everybody else is, you know, trying to cover their own ass. I don't need to cover my ass. If you like me, great. We'll keep working together. If you don't, great. We'll not work together. No big deal. Right. Right. And, you so know, I only deal with hell yes type people. Gotcha. No, I, I appreciate that because look, look I, I, I think that a, a lot of times people well, here's the reason I asked what I asked, because the thing is, is like, there's a lot of people who say the uh, the same thing. Right. But everybody's delivery isn't the same. So what person a kind of, you know, their style or whatever may resonate with somebody, uh, but it may not resonate with everybody. And person B resonates with the right. other people that resonate didn't resonate with person a. So I'm always yeah. fascinated by that, you know, uh, for sure. Let me do a, a quick reset. Yeah. Once again, Startup Nation, we're in the no bullshit zone, by the way, with Adrian uh, Kaler, <laughs> uh, the uh, founder of, uh, give me just a second, uh, Take New Ground. Once again, we have a link Take there. New Take New Ground. We have a, a link there in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay on a podcast. Also, uh, there's a link there for a complimentary consult. If you go there uh, down and hit that button, go to the contact us and put your information there. Uh, you can get in contact with Adrian and his team to kind of uh, see if, you know, there's a, uh, some, uh, some, uh, uh, some, uh, sinking there that can happen between you and your business and your, uh, leveling up, uh, if you will, you mentioned that you're going to be, uh, on a call with Nike tomorrow. I, I'm curious about something because 
you know, a lot of times when people are looking for that help and stuff like that, you know, they're, they're really in a bad spot. But, you know, we talk about Nike. I mean, come on, it's Nike. Right. My question is, yep. when somebody who's already successful is looking for coaching like that, what are they looking for? Are they looking to kind of maintain or they're just looking to just squeeze every ounce of juice out of the orange or something like that? What are they looking for? You know, because like I said, they're they're already have a, a level of success. Like what are those people looking for? Yeah, I mean, good question. I mean, I think people look at like successful organizations and mm-hmm. assume a lot that, 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 that what's going on inside the walls. I mean, reality is. That's so true. Real, real quick. Real. That's so true. Cause I yeah. just saw an article just today that CC's pizza filed for bankruptcy. Right. And, and so yeah. it's like, it just goes to show, like you just said, once again, that like, we think that just because the names are in lights and stuff like that, everything's hunky dory, but maybe not so much, but go ahead, man. I mean, to cut you off. No. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I mean, so we make a lot of assumptions about what's going on inside. I Absolutely. Mean, Nike, I mean, as, as an example, they've, you know, they, they are a great organization for lots of reasons. Of course. A global iconic brand. Right. Will stand the test of time. Um, and they have troubles because only, only, only because there are human beings involved. Right. And the, the human being, uh, is a complex organism, right? We're all in search for something, a life that matters. We're in search for, um, obviously at the end of the day, we want to survive. But before that, we really want life to matter and we want to do it with people, but doing it with people is complicated. And we all speak a very different language. We all see the world so distinctly and so differently. Mm-hmm. And we all want to get our point across. And, you know, it's just leadership is complex. And, um, and, le- and you, when you're, when you go up the chain in leadership, you're asking for more problems mm. and you don't get to do what you used to do, which was just to execute, to create great stuff and to do great things. As you lead, your job is to do nothing. Your job is to create the environment in which your people do great work right. and your job is to take care of people. So that's harder than just grinding on a you know, on a shoe design or, a, right. or a, whatever they're doing, right. right. It's, it's easier to, to create something if you, on a, on a PowerPoint presentation than it is to talk and have the tough conversation. So to answer your question, like for leaders at Nike, I work with, uh, ambitious young leaders at Nike. Mm. Um, one of, one of which she made two, she's on their fast track. She made gotcha. two huge jumps up the organization. Um, the one that whose team I'll be working with tomorrow mm-hmm. and she's currently under the CM and right under the CMO. And, you know, she's a striver and she's trying to make a lot of changes inside the organization that are positive and that takes some nuance of how to do that in a way that right. works. Cause you can't be cavalier about it. You've got to actually generate the types of conversations where results want to happen and people want to change. Now that is not easy um, not. because humans don't like to change right they want to, they want the same even if they hate what they've got they'd rather you know the devil i know it's hey, it the is. Devil i don't know right I'll, I'll stick with this no thank you and who the hell are you for telling me to do anything you know so navigating those waters with every any leader that i'm working with at any, any place in the organization it's really helping them think about what vision they want which is 
in, especially inside of a big organization like Nike or any organization with a lot of speed behind it, there's a corporate vision of where we're going to go. And if people lose track of their own personal vision, then that ends up generating a ton of resentment. Mm. And then they end up being pissed at the thing that they work for. And so they live in this dichotomy of, I like it here for X, Y, Z reasons, but I'm not myself here anymore. And now I'm just a hamster on a wheel. That's what people say. Or I'm in the rat race or I'm getting quote unquote burnt out, which is code for I'm not aligning my personal self with the corporate vision. And they've given up that that's even possible. And they haven't learned how to do that and how to really take a stand and realign a team or move a team or speak truth to power or, you know, and that's a lot of my conversations and how to lead up in organizations. Right. So, um, anyway, that's, that's a whole bunch about, about what at least the work looks like. For sure. And if you're in the people game, you're just never done. Right. I mean, right. human, the human potential I mean, take new ground, our leadership coaching and training company is under an umbrella company that we own called human potential or human performance unlimited. And it's an unlimited game, right? How mm-hmm. good could we get? Now that's a fun question to answer or to stand in. You don't, there's no answer to it. Right. How good could we get? How effective could we be? How connected could we be? How, how much meaning could we generate? You know, how many lives, how many families could we bless? Right. You know, uh, you know, all that, what the, how much is my own capacity? Uh, how much can I enjoy life? I hear that. Those are un, there are no answers to those questions, but they're worth, they're worth asking and standing in. So anyway, there's a lot in there. I mean, of course, a lot of, of course. The, the, yeah. The passion for us. And so to generate all of our work, I'll say it here too. All of our work is very relational. I mean, we have an eye on strategy. We're committed to results. And, and then strategy must drive results. But everything happens through the quality of the relationships in the room, period. Right. Um, I, I mean, at some point, if you don't have quality relationships in the room, and quality relationships comes from being radically open and being radically transparent. And if you're not those two things, then results will pay the price at some point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you're not those two things, then there's not a sense of love. And I talk to corporate people about love, which people don't talk about mm-hmm. very often in the corporate environment. But that's usually what's needed is just love, is being generous with one another, listening to one another, wanting to get to know the other person, giving the other person five minutes to speak. What's going on for you? How do I help? How can I serve you? If you generate that in the room, people show up. And when people show up, they bring all their resources to bear. When that happens, what can happen on the team is is unexplored. We don't even know how good it could get. But that's the dynamic that must be generated in any organization like Nike. Tomorrow, I'm doing a full day on what they asked me to do, which is creating a culture of belonging. That's what I'm talking about for the first day tomorrow. I hear that. They're, we're doing a, they're doing a strategic day the second day. But the first day is really about how do we team in such a way that we can overcome any challenge? That's I that. what I think. How do we be found here? So. Right. I hear that. I appreciate that. Thank you uh, so much for sharing it. Cause like I said, you know, we, we hear, you know, you hear Nike and stuff like that. It's like, man, why they need coaching? But I definitely understand that it is not necessarily, you know, at like the top, top level, but it's like the, that, the, that you're kind of really 
uh, training the, that next wave of leaders within uh, Nike. So I definitely uh, understand that for sure. Once again, Startup Nation, we're actually wrapping up with Adrian. I'm sorry, go ahead. Adrian, still there? Oh, sorry. I was just going to point. I mean, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go no, ahead, man. I was just going to say, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I was just, I was just going to say, you know, the top leaders. I mean, we're at we're at Hyperloop as well. Right, we're right, right. Los Angeles-based company. You know, they're they're building the future. Absolutely. I've been coaching the I've been coaching the, the founder, coaching co-founder. He's the only one standing left. Right. Um, for the last year and a half. And you know they're they are yeah they're they're literally going to change the world. They're Absolutely, change transportation. Man, I can't and wait so to see that thing, that, boy. And we, and we, and yeah, yeah. They just had their first flight, their first bogey, their first experiment. First time any human being has been in, in a hyperloop, right? Um, in their test facility out in Vegas. And my point is, even at that at that top level, that's Josh, and then we work with Jay, the CEO, and integrate those two guys and the board. And even at that level, um. In the, the type of environment we're in, where change is happening at this rate and speed, um, what's needed in the organization and what's needed for the individual are both distinct and the same. So to help, to, you know, so why even take on a coach? Because you got to integrate the conversations that are happening underneath you if you're a top leader. And if you're not even, if you don't even know what I'm talking about, then it's time to talk to somebody that will help you see what's missing below you. Mm, because I hear that. You've been driving. You've been driving to the future, and most frustrations of the of the top leaders we work with at these some of these companies we're talking about is because they're out front and they just expect the team behind them to know what they're thinking, and they expect the team behind them to think like they think, and they don't, and they're not ever going to do that. So you need to build a bridge of communication between those that are leading at in the C suite and the people on the ground. And that will not happen on accident. Right. That ha- must be engineered. And most people, quote unquote, don't have time for that kind of BS, as they say. Right. But I shouldn't have to explain it. Well, great. Keep not explaining it and pay the price. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Once again, Startup Nation, yeah. we're actually wrapping up uh, with Adrian Kaler, the co-founder, I mean, a founder of uh, Take New Ground, uh, Take New Ground. We have that website there in the show notes for easy access. If you listen to the replay on the podcast, you know, uh, Adrian is also the has a podcast uh, as well, uh, raising the bar with uh, Adrian and Ali. Kind of talk about that, that your show a little bit, man. And I saw that you had uh, uh, yeah. a Rod on there. You know, you know, a lot of people don't realize just how savvy of a business mind. Uh, that a ride is well you know what let me change my question real quick i want to ask this because you know when yeah. you, you know we have you know have a podcast and you kind of talk you know outside of the recording man what's some of those nuggets he dropped outside of the recording because i know there's some there sure well you know Allie knew a rod personally so ali webb is my girlfriend right right together for over a year she started drive she started dry bar very successful right and she uh, knows uh, A Rod, and she knows J Lo uh, here in LA. And so a lot of that, a lot of that outside conversation is really about how we're. We thought we're just talking about COVID, man, and how we're dealing, mm. how we're managing with the family, and how gotcha. do we keep play alive? Really, how do we keep play alive in the midst of all the chaos? You know, and how do you, you know, stay focused on the people that you love, and not just, you know, when you've got a, an empire like he has. There's a lot of people that need attention and want right. attention. But if you don't take care of the people closest to you, 
you know, then you're going to be miserable or they're going to be miserable and it's going to come back. So a lot of times we were, you know, we we're just talking about um, play, really. Mm. How do you keep connected to your kids? Because their, their kids are, you know, kids are struggling. Uh, at least my kids are struggling with the online school, which is like, you know, kind of, essentially a joke. <laughs> um, and not the real thing. And they're not, you know, they're, they're hating it. My, my right. seven year old hates it. Right. And you know, but I can't save him from it. So what do I have to do as a dad to compensate for that? Right. And I got to do a lot. I got to like spend more time and connect more because he's not getting to play with his buddies like he used to. So I'm his new buddy. Right. So we talked about things like that, gotcha. about how to be a good dad. Um, you know, and he is, yeah, he's quite accomplished. So to your question about the podcast, I've mm-hmm. actually got two podcasts. One is okay. Raising the Bar with Allie. Mm-hmm. And we talk about, we talk to founders. And then my passion is also to talk to nonprofit leaders, okay. people that lead and in, in like the, so, the social sector. So we've got, um, you know, just, just interviewed Brian Larrabee, who started Good City Mentors, a mentoring program for high school youth yesterday, which is interviewed okay. him here in Los Angeles. It's Scott Harrison from Charity Water, just did. Claire Fontenot Babineau from Feeding America, just amazing people that, you know, if we're looking for something to do with our family, go serve together, listen to Raise the Bar, you can find a way to get involved. I hear that. Um, and then we, and, and so, and it's awesome, and Allie's fantastic, we've got, really, you know, A-Rod was amazing, Guy Raz was amazing, Mark Cuban was amazing, but a lot of these, you know, GT Dave from the Kombucha Company, yeah. that was, hearing his story will make you cry. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's overcome, he's overcome so many things. So we really get to the nuts and bolts, not the nuts and bolts, really the guts of founders' stories. What's it like to really be throwing your life at something? And really, how do you manage yourself? And how do you take it on? How do you build a team? You know, those types of what happens behind the scenes. And, you know, we don't talk about all the strategic, and you know, I raised this money. And we can talk about that stuff, but that part looks good and that's just window dressing. What was it like to be the pilot in the plane, man? Right. That's what I want to, that's what I want to talk to them about. So we do that. And then we've got our podcast called the Naked Leadership Podcast, which is for taking ground, me and my business partner, Dan Takini. Um, and we talk about so many topics that leaders are up against. We listen to our clients, listen to what they're going through. And we talk about it for, you know, an hour or so these topics like hiring people, like firing people, like leading through change, right. like how to have conflict. Um, all the all the really the grease that makes an engine run well, all the interpersonal stuff, you'll hear a lot of that. So that's the Naked Leadership Podcast and love to have anybody give comments or feedback about that or send me a note about what you want to hear about. We'll do a special episode for it. For sure. Um, so a couple opportunities for people to get free resources that way. I hear that. And Startup Nation, all three of the links for those podcasts are there in the show notes uh, for easy access if you listen to replay on the podcast and that's going to wrap up our time here on the startup life once again we want to thank uh adrian kaler uh, for coming on the show thank you so much ak yo uh dom thanks man and uh can i offer one more free thing please do for people yeah so if if we i shot a whole course around how like how to uh, a roadmap or how to manage conflict on your team. How do you have a tough conversation? Because, you know, if you're a leader, you need to have tough conversations all the time. Right. And most people aren't, they never got taught how to do it. So they don't do it. And then if they do it, they do it really crappy. And then it doesn't work. And they, then they say, I'm bad at conflict. But really, you just didn't, you don't know how to get good at it. Right. So I shot a whole course about it. And I want to give it to people. Um, so if they go to frustratedfounder.com, you can sign up. 
and there's a five-day free email once-a-day type thing, and it really gives a good, great overview to those conversations. Um, and if they want to, there's a there's there's a, a whole longer course. And if they reach out to me personally on Instagram, for example, and they say, "Hey, I listened, you know, to Startup Life Radio, to Startup Nation with Dominic." If you message me on Instagram, I'll give you the entire course. I hear that. So look at that, Startup um, Nation. Anyway, we love so free resources. Yeah, yeah. You, I want I want as much people to actually make their life work. I want relationships to work. I want people to love their employees. I want people to sleep well at night. So if you reach out to me, I'm just Adrian.k on Instagram. Message me. I'll I will have somebody from my team send you the link for the free course. Um, but go to go to frustratedfounder.com uh, and check it out there first. I hear that. Uh, thank you so much, Adrian, for that. For sure, yeah. and, and all that information, style information is there in the link. Uh, on the in the link in the show, the link is in the show notes for easy access if you listen to the replay on the podcast. And as always, startup nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.